Thanks for watching the Paul Farrington Show. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all of the above, and make sure you follow us at Paul Farrington Show on Instagram. Thanks for watching. Welcome into the Paul Farrington Show. A tense, dramatic week 18 of the NFL season is now in the rearview mirror, and we're moving on to the playoffs, Jack. Paul Farrington joined alongside Jack Weinberger, Robert Ziggy Ziegler, who's coming to us from California. Where exactly in California, Ziggy? I'm never quite sure. Orange County right now, Claremont. Orange County, Claremont, California. All the way across the country. A little, little different from Virginia. 3,000 miles away. <laughs> so uh, Ziggy's from California right now. Zach, the best executive producer in the game, is with us. Zach Bloomquist. Andrew Keenan, not with us today. He's uh, he's coaching. As as you know, it, it takes a toll. Um, so he's he's working on, I think, 5-2 or 5-3? 6-3. 6-3. 6-3. Wow. Wow. Definitely improve. There might be there might be something to his methods, Paul. You, you if know if what? he can take that team to six and three. He definitely is he definitely has turned around what does he say? The culture of the program. At least the this team, the team he has, the J V team. Vast improvement. Definitely a lot better than week one. Yeah. You can see he has is yeah. actually having an impact. Is, is that team Northern New Jersey's uh, equivalent of the TCU Horned Frogs? Quite They're gonna awesome. turn around from utter utter utterly horrible to national championship caliber on the JV level. <laughs> it, it, it might that might be the fairest comparison. Uh, we thank you guys for taking your time to listen to us to talk some football today. Remember, if you're listening, please like, comment, subscribe, uh, follow us on Instagram at Paul Farrington Show, TikTok. We've had some good TikToks in the the past couple weeks. Um, so yeah, we, we we thank you for listening into the conversation and please join the conversation. If you want, comment on something, uh, text us individually. We'd love to get some listener questions on the show. DM us. And, yeah, look, fans know if they comment on our videos or send us DMs, it gets talked about. It will. It will get talked oh, about. 100%. And, and you know, for uh, for anyone taking a listen who might be like, Jack, single guy, you know, like like good-looking guy right here, you can slide in however you want into the DMs. Ladies, I have my personal <laughs> accounts, too. Yeah, don't be afraid. <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't want to slide into the DMs of a degenerate college basketball gambler? Right. Like, I <laughs> if you make that your Tinder bio, I mean, who, the swipes just keep coming. Who says it already is in my Tinder bio, Ziggy? <laughs> um, let's start off the, the Week 18 reaction here with just the best thing that I saw, and I think it was the best thing that you guys saw from this weekend, the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation in Buffalo for Naeem Hines to return the opening kickoff, 96 yards for a touchdown. I love Jim Nance's call, too, when he just said, storybook, uh, and Tony Romo. They did a great job on that call. Um, and we talk about emotional moments a lot in sports, and obviously this is one of the more emotional moments that we've seen maybe, probably ever, um, at least in pro football for sure. And sometimes when you have all those emotions, the carryover effect, people talk about coming up, coming out amped up for DeMar Hamlin. Sometimes you see it work the other way where you're so you're so emotionally built up and invested into a game where you could fall a little flat or you're the other way a bit antsy. I thought that the Naeem Hines kickoff it was magical, it was needed and it really helped take a uh, help, help Buffalo get over the hump that may have been in front of them and and turn a moment there. Remember Ryan Clark said we saw the dark side of football last Monday night. I thought that that kickoff return and the reaction and the emotion built up in it um, showed the other side of football and why we like sports so much and those moments that really only sports can provide. So just a re really cool, really cool moment from Week 18. I love that this is about 26, 25, 26 minutes after DeMar Hamlin tweeted, game day, 
let's go. Uh, I'm watching. You saw the saw the picture of him and his family uh, in the hospital, getting ready to watch the game. He has his his uh his number three shirt on. I love Josh Allen's reaction too. Hands over his head. He's like he's like you can't yeah like you this you can't make this up. This is unbelievable stuff. Uh, his press conference afterwards was great, uh, and you knew from that very moment that there was. Uh, no way Buffalo is going to lose that game. As close as the Pats made it, and the, Buffalo the Pats, is not going the to Pats lose played that game. better than a lot of people expected them to. 100%, yeah. They were in that game, but uh, that was not their game to win. An incredible moment. It really was. No, and I mean, look, like you talk about Hall of Fame moments, right? Like a couple years ago, it was Kendall Hinton subbing in as quarterback for the Denver Broncos. The NFL sometimes likes to memorialize these things. That was a Hall of Fame moment right there. I fully expect them to announce pretty soon that something's opening up in Canton for that. Because, you know, as much, and Paul, you said this really well, as much as like, you know, there's a real moment of despair on Monday. You're praying for this young man who was like living the dream and is suddenly fighting for his life. And these, these cardiac arrests, you know, your odds are not great, even if you get medical attention immediately. To see that kind of hope shine through, that's a, that's a real Hall of Fame moment right there. And Jack, you're totally right too. Talking about Josh Allen in the press conference, and I think I think Tre'Davious White was also uh, also had a presser afterwards. And my mom was saying to me, she's like, "You can still still see these guys are were still traumatized. Like they're still getting over it, and you know for good reason. Like they they actually saw their teammate die on the field. Like you know, Demar Hamlin was was dead on the field." Yeah. Um, and it, it really is like it's understandable why these guys. Josh Allen was crying. After the game, I think what did he say, Ziggy? I think he said it was God is real. Like, it was that three was months. His and reaction. It was three years and three months to date since the Bills' last kickoff return touchdown before Naheem Hines. Yeah, which was a uh, pretty remarkable stuff. Weird how things like that happen, right? But that that really was my is. favorite moment from the weekend, and I thought that was a great way to kick off the show. A, a much happier tone. Uh, As a Steelers last fan too, it was great to see Buffalo upset nothing early. <laughs> Yeah, and Zach was also probably pretty. Zach, you were probably pretty pumped too, right? No, just just a uh, a very very cool moment um, to start off week eighteen, and then the last game of week eighteen, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And you know what's kind of weird, and I think a lot of Ziggy, you'll be mad at me. Vikings fans will also be mad. I don't feel bad for the Packers. I I, I do not feel bad for the Packers. Okay, I have a lot of friends. Why? Why? Oh, because no, okay, I can't. Yeah, I can't stand Green Bay. But what's so frustrating about them is that Packers fans, I really like them. I think they're really nice. Some of my best friends in the world are Packers fans, and I do feel bad for them a little bit. Uh, and I do enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers play. So I wasn't rooting for the Packers on Sunday night. I thought maybe they had a, a better chance to beat San Francisco than Seattle did, but that wasn't enough to sway me over to uh, cheering for them because I just don't think you can do that. Um, so I was a little, I was a little conflicted. Uh, last night after the games ended where I was like, ah, maybe maybe it would have been better to have them in. But ultimately, I think it's better to, to just never never mess around with Aaron Rodgers. But he became no, the storyline. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you, you can really tell, like, things have changed in Green Bay quite a bit. Because, you know, we've seen this story a million times, right? The Lions score a touchdown, but they leave, like, four and a half minutes on the board. Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball down 20 to 16. And you know exactly how this ends, Paul. Did you? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers takes exactly the right amount of time. He scores a touchdown with like 20 seconds left. You know, no no time for Jared Goff to recover. And the Packers win the game. Instead, five plays later, he throws an interception, drives over, Lions handily win the game. 
Well, I mean, it, the Lions, it, makes, though, it makes sense of how uncharacteristic America. of Detroit too to to then go on a, a game winning drive essentially running out the clock. So you, we saw a different Detroit Lions team and a different Green Bay Packers. Let's hit on the Packers first, then we'll get to Dan Campbell and the Lions because we were talking before the show of how how impressive that performance was from an Aaron Rodgers perspective. He's walking off the field with Randall Cobb after the game. Ziggy, you didn't think it it, it was very telling of anything for the future. Jack and I both feel like with the way he walked off with Cobb I'm denying mixed. the jersey, I'm mixed. It just had a bizarre feeling to me. A, a part of me, a part of me thinks that that he's he's doing this to uh to get people talking, to get people wondering. I think it's all part of a big show, and then he has you no think? idea. What, I, I don't think he has any idea what, what's what's going to happen next. I don't think he has any idea and, yet. But it was just the the vibe was strange after the game. Yeah, it was. You know, walking off, arm around the shoulder with Randall Cobb, telling Jamison Williams and holding on to my jersey. But I think it's to get people talking. The press R- conference. Reporters too. talking. I think, he wants, I think he wants the attention. I don't think Aaron Rodgers knows what, he, what his, his next move is. Go ahead, Ziggy. No, look, fool, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I mean, we saw after last <laughs> season Aaron Rodgers after the playoff game. It was exactly the same story. He walks off feeling really sad. He's talking sentimental about how much he loves the stadium, how much he loves the fans, how much he loves his teammates. He caused this big retirement drama. And like we said on the show, Aaron Rodgers is coming back as long as he can play football. Well, look, this season was injured. Aaron Rodgers is a proud man. I cannot imagine he wants his last play in the NFL to be an interception that costs the team a game. Have you ever seen an NFL player more concerned about not throwing interceptions than Aaron Rodgers <laughs> ever? Like, well, that's just, that's just not who this guy is, right? He can still play high-level football. The Packers are going to improve next year. I can't see him leaving quite like this, well, he, no matter how he, sentimental he sounds. Get him Jordan Addison, get him Jackson Benjigba, and he's fine. Well, let's talk about from a Packer perspective, because I've been I've been really curious all day and interested in hearing how Packers fans are reacting to, to last night. And they're fed up. They're upset because their season, it's ended in a pretty disappointing fashion most years over the past 12 years, and especially the last three. Well, Who would they have? San Francisco? Uh, last year was a bad loss. Tampa Bay the year before that. The expectations are always sky high in Green Bay, and they keep coming up short time and time again at home, too, on top of that. It was crazy to uh, to watch the Seahawks kick the game-winning field goal, and then knowing the Packers... Actually, I mean, you know the Lions are out after that, yeah. and the Packers are playing at home in Lambeau on Sunday night for a playoff berth, and they lose outright was a little surprising. The other side of the coin, though, is like a small part of me is like, you know what? This line went from four and a half to six, right, when Seattle won. But Detroit, to me, whether playing for a playoff spot or not, was going to come out and want to beat Green Bay and keep them out. The motivation was definitely there for the Lions, regardless. So the Packers was just but shocked. It, but it was just, I was shocked to see them lose at home Sunday night football for a chance to go to the playoffs to a team that beat them once already. Surprising. Frankly, the Lions looked more motivated, more motivated for that game than the oh, Packers. Yeah, yeah. I, I even, wonder, not even close. I think that's yeah, part of the reason not why, even close. So, why so many Packers fans now are saying we're ready to move on. Like they, they, they think that give Jordan Love his chance next season. We've seen this story with Rodgers time and time again, where he really doesn't show up in the big moments when you need a superstar who you're paying fifty million dollars to show up. And and I actually disagree. With, at most of the national media, too, they're all saying, move on if you're Green Bay. I think this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. And I look at the NFC next season, 
who in the NFC is that scary? San Francisco will be good again, probably. But then, if Brock Purdy can play well, uh, but but yeah, we don't, there's still a big question mark with San Fran. We're talking about a Dallas team that Green Bay beat this season, a Minnesota team that they just walloped. I mean, the Packers will go into next year as the favorites when the uh, NFC North if Rodgers is there. Qu- quite possibly, and Philadelphia, I, I could see regression there. Tom Brady probably won't be back with the Bucks. Like the NFC is very wide open, and if you're the Packers, you you fix a couple holes here and there, and all of a sudden you have a very good chance of coming out with the NFC North and maybe even an NFC title. It's it just, it's, it's tough to rebuild. You, you had one season of it, Jack, one season of rebuilding and those first four games. Sucked. Oh, we had, we had, this was a rebuilding year and we were the Jets scoring but 10 then, points. We're going to the playoffs. Oh no, no, I know. I know you Steelers I, had it better than most, but like you see what happens. Look at new England right now. I mean, if Pickett starts in week one and Watts healthy, we're a playoff. We're yes. a 12 win team. Yes, but you've seen okay, those okay, first Jack, four okay. weeks, how tough a rebuild can be. And for all those Packers fans who want to go to Jordan love right now and be done with Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't think they understand just how difficult it can be to watch your team when you don't have a starting quarterback. And look, it's, it's not like Jordan love has showed us anything that suggests he's going to be anything like the caliber of Rodgers or Favre. Right, like in many ways, it's miraculous that they got the transition they did between Favre and Rodgers. Oh, it it's is. just unlikely to happen again. And I think they're expecting it, right? Oh, we drafted Love. He sat for four years. He's going to come out and play super well. Love has played like three games of competitive football in the past five years. And he's looked good in what one? The Philadelphia game this year? He looked okay. He, yeah, it's, it's moving say, on yeah. from Aaron Rodgers, who we know was hurt. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers looked bad, but he had that broken thumb in his throwing hands. The chances of them finding a better quarterback are low, and they've got a competitive team built to win now, or at least it should be. You br- yeah, go ahead. Question. How many games did, uh, and I'm sure Ziggy knows this, but I have no idea. How many games did Rodgers play well behind Brett Favre? Did he play Oh. Any? I don't know how many games. I know. He, I, don't I, know think, exactly I think he either. came into a Dallas game was the first time we ever saw him play. I don't know. I, I would find it interesting because it'd be the same thing as Jordan Love, right? If Jordan Love doesn't play. Well, oh yeah, so it's 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 a similar enough situation, but the Aaron Rodgers thing succeeding was so improbable. Oh yeah, that you just you can't count on it happening again. I mean, I've said all year on this this podcast that to be a successful team in the National Football League right now, outside of having a good defense is a top-level weapon that the Packers did not have. Look at the top three seeds right now. And I, both. Wait, wait, but Jack, you know what? Towards Debo, the end of the season Justin when they Jefferson. came on, when they came on at the end of the season, Christian Watson, he's, he's, no, no, he's not top-level, but he was playing like an elite receiver. I think if you if you get Aaron Rodgers, you, obviously, yeah, he's great. No, I'm, agree, and this, but, I'm agreeing with you if here. you If you draft him, Addison, or Smith and Jigba, and then you have one of those guys. Or Watson you have Watson. He, yeah, exactly. Right. Look at the top three seeds in each the AFC and NFC right now: uh, Diggs, Kelsey, Jamar, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown. Debo, AJ Brown. Yeah, I mean, Norman, Gre- yeah. Green Bay does not have yeah. that. No, and they, and they need that. I, I do think that they're able to get a bit. Uh, like, you know, it's hard to get a superstar like that. But if you can just find a couple more weapons there, I think I you, don't think this team is that far off. If you if you if Rogers has has Watson and and Jordan Addison, I think that he's phenomenal. We, Zach and I were talking about a, a possibility where he could find his way to Miami, which, again, would take a lot of maneuvering. It'd be, it would be absurdly difficult, but imagine oh, I mean, him that's, with, like, Tyree I mean, that's Killer, my Jay Super Bowl Lawano. pick of Rodgers on a dog. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. No, we're, 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 just, we're just, you know, stirring the pot a little bit but here. I don't care like how good Rodgers is. 
He can still play. He he's still play. I don't care what he is. He needs a top level target like every other quarterback in the in the world. So all of us here are in agreement that Brady at Gronk. If Aaron Rodgers says he wants to come back to Green Bay, we're keeping him for the Packers. If he wants to come back, in, yes. in, unless you can get some ridiculous return, right? So if somebody yes. comes up like some bottom feeder and says we're going to offer you two or three first round picks, okay, now you think about moving him, right? But nobody's doing that. Aaron Rodgers wants to win next season. Look, you got to keep him around. And, and it's hard to move on from someone like Aaron Rodgers. So the people who who want to go, like who are ready to go on to Jordan Love, I understand that they're frustrated. It's just you really have to have a lot of faith in Jordan Love to make that move because it, if he doesn't pan out, it's it could take a while. It could take a long time to be competitive again. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, guys like him, don't just come walking through the door as well. like the way he did. It does not happen very often. And let's not forget, Aaron Rodgers went six and ten in his first season starting in Green Bay. Do you think if Jordan Love goes six and ten next season, fans are gonna say, All right, we can <laughs> sign him to another contract. Let's be patient. It's a different You know, it NFL. takes these guys a lot of time. No, it's honestly, you gotta win when you come in. I honestly do not think that this current Green Bay Packers roster is all that good. And if they you if you replace Rodgers with Jordan Love, I think that team maybe goes four and thirteen. Yes. So if Rodgers wants to come back, you he you let him come back. But you need you need to build a little bit more, and then draft him. a receiver. But if you build around him, yeah, Arson. the team could be. It, you're right, though. Ziggy. It's a different league from when Rodgers was a rookie. That's when it, you had you generally had three seasons as a starting quarterback to prove yourself. Now, if you have one bad year, you're gone. Like a rookie, Zach Wilson, he's in the middle of what a year and a half he got, and he's his the leash was cut. Probably uh, for good reason. I also reason. still think if Wilson had AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, he'd be good. <laughs> Maybe, but you know, we talked a lot about the Packers. I do want to say, I want to give a lot of credit to the Lions for this yeah. game. You know, people have talked about Dan Campbell. You know, he has this persona, right? He's the kneecap biting coach who comes out and wins with brute force, but he is a smart coach. You know, one moment that really stood out for that game, it was second and one. The Packers, maybe intentionally, maybe not, took a neutral zone infraction penalty. And I've never seen a coach do this before. He declined it because he figured they'd have a better chance running out the clock without it. That's one of those things you can't think about in the moment. You have to just make that you have to have thought about it ahead of time and be really thinking through these decisions. He's got a team that's playing for them, for him, right? In a completely meaningless game, they come out and look a lot better than a team that's trying to get a playoff spot. The offense is great. The defense is slowly improving. These don't seem like the same old Lions to me, Paul. No, they, they don't. seem like a team no, that they could don't. next year be competing for the division. And Jared Goff. Could be the quarterback that takes them. I think there is a better. Uh, well, again, like, like I said earlier in the show, in this episode, that the Lions they wanted to keep Green Bay out just as bad as they care to go to the playoffs. I, I, like, see, I disagree. I, I disagree. I, no, I, that's. I, I think. I think if if I was wrong here, the Lions would have lost that game Sunday. No, I think that I think that the culture Dan Campbell's built there, it's really a testament to, to Dan Campbell, who again we make fun of people make fun of him a lot for crying in his press conferences, but the guy cares and he's built a culture where they want to win football games. And I, I just disagree that Detroit wants to make the playoffs. This was never a meaningless game for them. It, no, regardless. That, that's what I agree with. It was never meaningless. Um at the end of the day, they were able to get a, have a winning season for the first time in, in quite some time now. Um, and I really do think that it's a testament I mean, to Campbell's culture that he's building. They, they've they spent years and years getting mauled by Green Bay. Yes, yes. I, I think that if the Lions were playing Minnesota or Chicago, 
and had a chance to keep them out of the playoffs, they would not have shown up as hard as they did to keep Green Bay out. I I think they still play tough, but no, it it does mean something to beat Green Bay for them. I I do disagree though. I think that Dan Campbell has that would have that team up for any game, but it it was well, surprising. To me. Like, it was never that wasn't meaningless at all. Yeah, it was surprising. Like, you see Seattle one. The fire that Detroit had. Do you remember the fourth down stop on? I think it was Lazard on a. Uh, they ran him on a uh, what was it an end around or it was just a what, what play was it fourth and two in third quarter maybe um, or second quarter I can't remember what it was but Detroit or Green Bay went for it on like the thirty or thirty five yard line and Detroit made the stop and the guys were just freaking out and I looked at my dad and I was saying wow like I can't believe how intense they are for a game that means nothing they were all waving goodbye at the end of the game yeah it was great I mean Jamal Williams we Zach and I were talking about him on the way over here. He's a great person to have in that locker room. Combine him with Campbell. Uh, it was crazy to see in a game that meant everything to the Packers and nothing to the Lions that the Lions outplayed, outcoached, and outhearted. Oh, the back. Lions wanted to win this game more than the Packers wanted to go to the playoffs. That's what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, that's, that's what I got from that, this. That's what it looked like. I think the Lions, too, would have had a better chance. You know I'm a Seahawks guy. Yeah. But I think the Lions would have had a better chance to go into San Francisco and win that game than Seattle does. Like, the Lions, to me, are better than the Seahawks. I agree. I think the Steelers are better than the Dolphins. And both teams who didn't. <laughs> make it deserve to make it. Ziggy, do you have any final thoughts on Detroit? I'm just, if they can hit in this draft, I think there's a real, this, this is my hot take. This will get me in trouble. I think even if Rogers comes back, there's a chance the Packers finish fourth in this division next year. We're seeing a lot of teams that look like they're on the way up. The Lions look like they're on their way up. The Bears look like they're on the way up. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I think the, I think we're going to be looking at a very nowhere, different NFC. I don't North. see the Bears going from three wins to anything special. Uh, well, the there is nowhere to go but up for Chicago. They they are literally you the worst think. team in the league. Yeah, you would think. I think I think they win six or seven games next year, and I'm not sure Green Bay gets there. No, well, that, we got to revisit this, Jack. You had your you had your crazy Seattle Seahawks prediction. Yeah, let's Props congratulate Jack real quick. Sure, we'll we'll revisit it. Yeah, I have it in my my. We have a reel, right? We do. We do have a clip. I said I am. I said, I'm buying Geno Smith, got a chip on his shoulder, he's going to play well, and I'm buying the Seattle Seahawks, they're better than people think. Yeah, that, no and one believed you. Andrew, was, I think I was the number one hater of that. He said he was a hater, Andrew was calling me a lunatic. I was a big hater, He looked too. at me like I was nuts, I'm like, just watch, guys. Like, I Gino, still think you might have been Gino is better than people think. Gino the Seahawks wins. team has some talent. Geno wins. He was hungry this year. Played well. Got his team to the playoffs. The, the, Geno Smith might be in. Geno Smith might be in line for the single highest number raise for an NFL player in like the history of the NFL because he could very well be getting a thirty-plus million dollar raise next year. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I no. think Seattle limped into the. And again, playoffs. hold on. You know why? You know why Geno is uh, was solid because he's he got that dog in him. Receivers. He does oh. have a dog in him. He does have that dog in him. What's like? Name? I think. Hold on. I like. I think if you give if you give Zach Wilson DK Metcalf, he's he's fine. He, he, Jack, you got to stop. I, I do agree with I Andrew. Andrew always talks about Garrett Wilson yeah, being a say, great receiver. Like, terrible wide receivers this year. I think Zach Wilson is just a bad player, man. I'm trying to do the best I can to defend him. Maybe, maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> but congratulations on the Seahawks take. I think thank, they got mocked you. by the 49ers. But, um, again, they no, one, will, yeah. no one was sitting they, here uh, week one except you. Oh, no, I said I am buying the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I, I, want, I want that posted on our account as, as real. Week one to week 18. Real quick, before before we move on to um, congratulating Zach on on the Dolphins, do you guys think Seattle, and we'll get into this a little bit more in the, the playoff preview show, do you think Seattle has any chance in San Francisco? 
oh, sure, they've got a chance. Anyone's got a chance in the NFL playoffs. But if by a chance you mean more than like 5 or 10%, I think they've got about the same chance TCU has of winning would, tonight. Would you hit the spread? If the spread was 13 and a half, would it's you 10. Take, no, if, if, if it was, all right, if it was 13 and a half, would you take San Francisco or Seattle? <laughs> I uh, I think San Fran runs them out of the uh, of the of the building, but I am skeptical of a 22 year old rookie quarterback making his first ever playoff start. He's and he's he's looked unflappable throughout much of the he season. He has he has, but divisional game. Dude, I love that. I would love that. I'm iffy to lay ten points. I, I, that, you know that's exactly what you said. If we go, if we went back, I think fifteen weeks to when Seattle played San Francisco in Week Two, Jack said that exact line. I think he, I think you said, "I'm iffy to lay ten points." And they won by thirty. To, to Trey Lance, yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, but that was second game of the season. This is now playoff Seattle. <laughs> this is a much better San Francisco it's, team too. It's a much better Seattle team also. <laughs> I think it's a worse yeah, Seattle team. No, no it's yeah, see, Seattle has gotten seemingly no. worse as the season's gone on. <laughs> yes. let's, no, they have. Let's not forget when you say when, when you yeah they have. No, Geno Smith has fallen off a cliff. Geno was an MVP not candidate. Let me air quote that an MVP candidate for the first five weeks, and they they really did limp into the playoffs. No, they didn't. They looked good the last couple they weeks. Barely they barely beat they, 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 they mauled the Jets. Jets as a dog, and they barely beat Baker and the Rams. They also beat the Giants with double digits. Sorry, since when is one touchdown and two interceptions a great game? He won. That, 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 Gino wins. <laughs> well, I, it is the exact same conversation we had 15 weeks ago. I keep mean, we'll, keep we'll, doubting me with my Seahawks predictions. Keep doubting me. <laughs> I, I will keep, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. is You can talk all you want about playoff Seattle, but playoff Seattle only exists in Seattle. They also beat everyone's precious Lions on the road. That's a good they team. They did. That was a great win. And that ultimately wound I don't up being. Want to, I don't want to hear crap about my Seahawks picks. <laughs> Seahawks. Um, all right, Zach. Congratulations to the Dolphin. Oh, you have something to say? Yeah, I just need Jack to move over slightly to your uh, left. Look at this it's live producing. Yeah. Left or right? Uh, left. Or I guess you're right. You're right. Thanks, Zach. There you go. Come on. How's that? How's the shot? Now yeah, we're better. We're better. Um, so Zach, again, congratulations. Well, first off, thanks on some excellent producing right there. That was very I, well I can't, done. I'm holding, I can't clap holding my mic up with my left hand. <laughs> right. The uh, the Dolphins they sneak in one of the most boring games you could ever watch was an 11 six. That's I mean, what was, everybody expected. I mean, it was, right? ex- it was exciting was, for guys like me and Zach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it, it wasn't even exciting for me because I knew it was exactly going to happen. Yeah. The, wow, the Jets are tough, man. That that is a, a, a good luck to Andrew next season. I, they, they got. They got. A, they need to find a quarterback badly. But the Dolphins. When was the last time we saw two third stringers going at it? I don't. You know, like playoff, a playoff, playoff elimination. Game. Yeah, it, that, it was. That's what I was also thinking about. That game was. There's a lot on the line. It's Flacco versus Skylar Thompson. Like that is. And they put up a random stat too. Like, it was like when when two number nineteen quarterbacks faced each other. It was like Joe Montana and like. Some random guy from the Dolphins. And he ended up beating Joe Montana when he was on the Chiefs. I was like, what is that stat? Yeah. Why is that a stat? Who, who gets paid? To, like, I, I have to wonder. I imagine there's oh, just I, like I, some I, intern sitting in the back that's just like constantly reading. Like no, they're memorizing is, box scores for these kinds of things. I, from two guys who work in sports, that is exactly what's going on. There's some <laughs> yeah, intern yeah. who people are telling, like, hey, find us some fun stat. Yeah, he's flipping through the stupid yeah. nonsense. Yeah, and he's scrolling through the internet just like, one. yeah, it's, it's you are 100% right on that. Uh, we won't talk too much about the Dolphins-Bills game, but with the all signs 
pointing towards Skylar Thompson making another start. I'm not sure the stats of Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm quite confident Tua will not be playing in this game. Uh, it's it's an uphill battle for your Dolphins, but nonetheless. You want to hear something crazy, Paul? Yeah. This this the spread for this game is smaller than the spread for the Seahawks 49ers game. That is how little people believe in the Seahawks. I think Buffalo is going to yeah, destroy the Seahawks. Isn't that, isn't no that a disgrace? Isn't that a disgrace to the Seahawks? That is no, that is. Oh, uh, you know the Seahawks play the Niners again and it was a one score game. I Zach and I were talking about this as well in the car. We were saying it's sad for the Dolphins because the past two times now they've made the playoffs. They've had a, a, a backup. Have, oh, I mean, play. this is just. Do you remember the Matt Morris? You were there, right? Yeah, I was there when Dupree, I thought Dupree killed him. Well, yeah, but the fact that the fact is, the Dolphins are now going to have what a, a third string quarterback playing I, two straight I, playoffs. I'm games? telling you that the Bills are very glad that they're not playing the Steelers and they're playing the Dolphins with the backup quarterback. Oh, I'd agree. I'd agree with well, Tua. I, 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 I think still the Dolphins. I still are think the Bills. Would demolish you. I bet you. I bet you anything. Demar Hamlin's at this game. He just got discharged. Oh look, no, no, no. The Bills. They're going to the Super Bowl. They would have demolished. Well, us. hold on. You're changing your tune. Team of destiny. Yes. I. Yes. Yes. I am. So I think you'll make it, but I think you'll lose. Vikings. Bills. Vikings. Bills. Yeah. I think. I think the Earth would would end if well, I think the Vikings team of destiny Bills. changed. Yeah, I think. The team, yeah. I think the you, you, you ever seen those web comics where it's like you got buttered toast on one side and then a cat on the other, and it's like perpetually spinning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what it, that's what it'll be like if if like the if the Vikings and the Bills play each other in the Super Bowl because neither of these teams can win in a Super Bowl, right? Like it's just destined. You're gonna like, see all kinds of madness. It's going to end at the heat death of the universe. I actually think the Vikings are much more cursed than the Bills. The Bills just had a, a very, very bad well, four-year They never made it the Vikings, right? No, what, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, no, the Steelers beat What? Right. We've lost four Super Bowls. We have the worst four-year stretch in oh, the history of the NFL. Okay, the Bills lost four in a we, row. We, That's we, much worse. We have quite possibly the worst four-year stretch in NFL history. Four in a row is much worse. The Vikings lost, listen to this, the Vikings lost three out of yeah, four. Yeah, we beat you. Three out of four years they lost the Super Bowl, and the one year they didn't, was against the Dallas Cowboys in the divisional round. They were the one seed. Fran Tarkington said the best team he ever played on. On the play, the, the Hail Mary was invented in that game. So the Vikings lost Super Bowl, Hail Mary, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Right up there with Buffalo. No one talks about that four-year stretch, though. But uh, I mean, four bowls in a row. It's, it sucks, but three out of four in the Hail Mary. That's no, the four Hail bowl, Mary. No, no, I think four bowls in a row is tough. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, you're probably right. You, since but we're not we're denying it. It's tough. I'm just no, saying. My tough, point is like, just like, like worse than, than the Vikings. Yeah, but the Bills, they generally just stink. I, I, I can't but, recall over my lifetime too much Bills heartbreak before last season. Like, there hasn't been too much... I mean, they, they were, like, bad. That's they just, why. There they was just no stunk. heartbreak. It was like there, the Browns. Yeah. They were yeah, horrible. There was no heartbreak, really. They just stunk. So I think that I think it's, a, it's a different kind of heartbreak. Yeah, I think the Bills are capable of winning a Super Bowl. I don't. I'm not sure the Vikings are. Uh, I think that, like the, the Bills get there and choke. It's like uh, I don't think it's could, a. Can we just read a text from Michael? Yeah, please. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah. So this is the uh, the jinxes. The national. Baby. It's not quite a jinx. It's just oh, a very funny statement. No. Uh, the championship is on right now, and George is currently mauling TCU. It's a uh, twenty-four to seven, and Michael texts. He goes. TCU needs points, or this will get a lot worse than it is now. <laughs> oh, why couldn't he just say it? Why couldn't he just say the line? And then he goes, well, obviously. 
hold on hold on i mean that was some fun yeah, his, 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 his brilliant claim is that when it, you're down 24 to 7 you need to score points or you yes. won't win down 17 he goes man tcu needs points <laughs> this will get worse than it is now obviously, obviously. <laughs> to be fair that's not true maybe george doesn't oh, score geez. for the rest of the game well they got 24 points so obviously well, then TCU still needs points though they're gonna win <laughs> yeah but it won't get any worse <laughs> that's true he's stay the same yeah <laughs> Um, all right, we have just a couple more topics here, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Jack, I wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, express your thoughts on the Steelers season because it's been a roller coaster. Uh, at times, you guys looked like one of the worst teams in in the NFL, and then by by the, you know by the end of the season, I actually think the Steelers were playing playoff football. Oh, I mean, we finished the year six and one, hottest team in the league next to the Lions, uh, and two and six, right? Two and six, but it's two and six with no TJ Watt. We were 8-2 with TJ Watt. So we know TJ Watt for uh, five weeks. Mitch was, was atrocious. We bring Who Kenny, could have seen that coming? We bring, uh, we bring Kenny Pickett in. His development has been fantastic. Wonderful thing to see. Uh, I, I think he's the guy. I think Pickens is an elite wide receiver one. Uh, Johnson, good. Solid. Defense is great. Yeah, me until, until I pick and if, like, if, if they play true. this entire season with a healthy TJ Watt, and you start Pickett from week one, like you were saying. I, I disagree, but you turned out to be right in hindsight. If your better quarterback, who is Pickett, starts week one, TJ Watt's healthy all year, this team's in the playoffs. So overall, yes. I, am, I am quite happy and pleased with finishing 9-8, and eight, you know, despite being 2-6, and six, looking like everything's in the dumps, to come back, finish the year 6-1. and one. Defense was great. Watt was great. Pickett was great. Uh... Sucks come up short, but if you told me that when we were two and six, we'd come down to the last week of the season, and if the Jets needed ten points, we're in the playoffs. I would have signed up for it. Fair. So I, I, I'm looking forward to next year. I think that, uh, we get some bright spots, and I'm excited. Bless you, Ziggy. Do you think it's fair to say, Jack, that going into next season, the Steelers should be the second place favorite in the AFC North? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's uh, Bengals Steelers. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I think what, it depends. You know what? Depends on Lamar. Is, no, it depends on whether they keep Matt Canada. I mean, he... Well, Steelers fans are assuming he's gone, but Tomlin says it's a tough decision. Steelers player after Steelers player is coming out publicly and saying, we want Canada to stick around. The offense improved. We think he's a really great coach. Right? Kevin Dotson and Najee Harris both told the media that yeah. they really want him to stay. The- we, Steelers fans have to be considering the possibility of a Canada-run offense next year. I mean, the last two game-winning drives... With against the Raiders and the Ravens, Pickett called his own plays. Which you, you, Jack, you watched? Can you just what? explain to people listening who might not be aware of what the Mac, who Mac Canada is, and why Steelers fans are upset? Yeah, with so him? he's the Steelers' offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, and you see time and time again, we're one of the only teams in the NFL who will have a will have a third and four, and we'll throw a slant three yards shy of the first down marker. Uh, we'll have a a second and eleven. And we'll do a pitch behind the line and get stuff for three yards, third and 14. <laughs> and it's just that we, there's, there's good weapons. You know, Deontay's there. Pickens is there. Frymuth is there. And, and, and a lot of times you, you don't see Pickett, when he's passing the ball well, we, take the, we put the cuffs on him. And we'll hand the ball off and get stuff behind our bad O-line. Like you saw it time and time again. Pickett against the Dolphins this year. Driving, driving, driving. Dolphins couldn't stop him when he's throwing the ball. A lot of teams couldn't. He looked great. And then we take the ball out of his hands, and we run the ball behind no offensive line, stuff, second and nine, third and eight, incomplete pass. Uh, so I think when 
when Pickett is freed up, he's able to throw the ball, and we're doing what is what is successful at the time. We're a good football team, tough to beat. Running the ball well, keep doing it. Yeah, throwing the ball well, keep doing it. We mix it up and just run stupid plays under this guy, and we've seen Pickett win the game twice, calling his own plays in the final possession. You think he likes Matt Canada, Ziggy? I don't know. It's he is a. <laughs> The fact he hasn't come out and said anything is telling. But look, if a lot of Steelers players are putting public pressure to keep Canada, Tomlin seems to really like and respect Canada. And you know, man, the offense sure did improve going into the second half of the season. And there are reasons that you can give for that. I think the reason you got to think there's a chance he sticks around. I think the, I think it's it would be likely. I think the offensive improvement second half of the season is Pickett. I thought Pickett was really, really good and developed great the last half of the season. He took some big steps forward. Yeah, huge steps forward. I, I, I'd go as far to say, and a lot of other Steelers fans agree, that he's the guy. Like, I mean, he you can tell watching him play, he has what it takes to be a quarterback in the NFL. I'm just thinking back to, I don't know why it's sticking out, maybe because I watched it with you, but the Dolphins game when Pickett, I'm trying to remember, he struggled a little bit in that game, right? Yes. Against Miami? I mean, I, yes. Or was that the Not, game? No. Not really. Was that the game where Tua should have thrown like? Yeah, Tua things? sucked. Yeah. Tua was horrible that game. Yeah, yeah. Remember, Pick, he just well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. Concussion. I just, I don't, I don't remember Kenny being super impressive in that game. But towards the end no, of the season, the, the final, the What's final that? quarter, he had two straight drives down the field. We were losing. He already threw two late picks, like okay, rookie, that, like rookie picks. But a lot of time, like, like what I'm saying with Mac, my issue with Matt Canada is like when we're doing things well, right? Like we're throwing the ball well. Like Pickett's hitting Pickett uh, and or Pickens and Johnson. Like our receivers are playing well. We just stop doing it. Pickett was oh. 32 for 44, 257 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions that game. Yeah, but look, like two of those picks were after he drove and just made a, a bad mistake. Yeah. Like that, he didn't have but a he's bad. He's gotten a lot better. It's the kind yeah. of stuff that'll get better. Right, yeah, exactly. And we saw him get a whole lot better as the season went on. Like, I think it's clear he has what it takes to be a quarterback in the NFL. Clear as day. I, I don't think so. His hand size is 8.6 inches. <laughs> you know what else is 8.6 inches? His dick. All right, all right, all right, all right. Well, that, let's move on from this one. Yeah. I move on. But no, overall, uh, sports grid is just drooling to get us on. Overall, after being 2-6, and six, Quarterback carousel, Mitch sucking, Watt hurt. The fact we were nine and eight playing meaningful football in Week 18, I'm happy. That's fair, and and, like and I can't wait said, to watch the Dolphins get marked by Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, you can't have anything against my it's Skyler Thompson. Got it. You have you have beef with the Jets, not the Dolphins. It's really no. It's Flacco's revenge. Dolphins scored nine. Flacco's always screwed us. Um, all right, uh, before we wrap up, Ziggy, let me let you have your moment. You wanted to shout out Lovey Smith, and then we can uh, get out of here. Look, my boy live, laugh, lovey. In this case, lovey laughs last. Triple because the, the Texans, yeah, the, te the Texans abused this poor man. They bring him in, you know, it's a time of some animus in the NFL. They bring in Lovey Smith and they say, all right, the team is yours. It could not be more obvious to anyone outside of the NFL that what Lovey Smith is there for is a one year bridge contract until they can bring in the guy they really want. And Lovey Smith, he's almost sealed the job. Right. They, they're right in the line for the number one pick. All they have to do is lose to the Colts. Now, admittedly, that's a tough task, right? Jeff Saturday, he won that first Raiders game. All of us said on the show, this is probably going to be his only win. Turned out that was his only one. But all you got to do is lose to Jeff Saturday and the Colts. Classic tank job. And Lovey Smith, you can see us at the end. It's 28-27. Texans have just scored a touchdown. They need to decide whether to play for the tie, kick the field goal, or kick the extra point. 
or else go for two. And Lovey Smith is trying to suppress this absolute grin on his face as he brings the boys out for a two-point conversion, <laughs> calls a brilliant play, scores the two-point conversion. Texans lose the number one overall pick to the Bears. And this man on the inside, you can just tell from watching him, he is celebrating. Hallelujah. He got revenge on the Texans after they did a royal screw job. And on that can be that out. can be really, really important come April. Oh, wait a minute. I, no, I mean, look, look it's, if I anybody remembers. That Lovey was the old Bears head coach. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, he was a coach of the Bears. Together. This was this was an yeah. inside Bears sleeper cell. Together. Oh, wow. Yeah, a little conspiracy theory here on the Paul Farrington show. Here's the thing, though. No, boy. Well, the bit, I don't think it matters because the Texans want a quarterback. The Bears no, but a team could trade up with the Bears. But, but the Bears are probably going to trade back. So whoever whoever jumps up to that number one spot, if they take the guy that Houston wants. The Bears that, will take Will Anderson, you don't think? I don't think so. I think the Bears can trade The Bears back. can move down to three and take Will Anderson. They can move down to four and probably take Will Anderson. Like, right. there, there are options for them. Yeah. But, like, look, in case anybody <laughs> doubts bad. the power, uh, the difference between number one and number two, I get this draft's a little bit different. There's no clear-cut number one quarterback prospect. Set that aside. Imagine if the Jets had Trevor Lawrence right now instead of Zach Wilson. That is how much the difference between one and two can matter. Imagine if uh, you get Peyton Manning instead of Ryan Leaf. Like There are times when the difference between the number one and number two pick makes an enormous difference. And the Texans lost it because they screwed over my boy Lovey Smith. So congratulations to Lovey Smith. Congratulations to the Bears. I hate the Texans, so congratulations to them for screwing over yet another coach, Cal <laughs> McNair. Oh, man. I would have been so mad if I were to. I tweeted out, I think I even said, I would be furious if I were a Texans fan right now. That's horrible. Absolutely furious. And the Jets, I think the year the Jets wound up with Wilson, weren't they 0-14 and they won the last two games? Yep. Yeah, that's so bad. And people talked about how they were building momentum under Adam Gase. How did that turn out? Oh, can I say one more thing? Yeah, please. You know if the uh, if the Steelers play the Ravens this year at home, lost by two. You know if they had won that game, we are currently the five seed playing Jacksonville. No, you were, you you were right about the Steelers, um, probably starting in like week nine or so <laughs> when you said that they're starting to turn oh. around. Um, they, yeah. they, they're, well, they're a playoff. They're a they're a playoff caliber team right now. They're a wild card team. And hey, you know, with a strong defense and a competent quarterback with good receivers, you never know. I, I think I think you were right in some ways comparing them a bit to to Detroit, where they probably should like Detroit should be the seven right now. They're the seventh best team in the NFC. I think the Steelers are, are probably the seventh best team. Maybe, maybe even better. I mean, with no Lamar, they're absolutely better than the Ravens. I oh think. yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I, I read good abs- momentum. Yeah, I read an absolutely ridiculous piece this morning by a Steelers beat writer talking about how great it was the Steelers didn't make the playoffs because Pickett's confidence would have been destroyed by Josh Allen and the Bills. So dumb. No, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. Who comes up with this stuff, man? Look, if you can make the playoffs, get an extra week of practice and get some experience in a big-time game, honestly get the experience of getting absolutely obliterated. Experience that stuff's good for you. If you're two and six, if you're Kenny Pick, your team's two and six, you come in, take them to the playoffs. No, you a hundred percent want experience. Remember, that was the main point in our. We talked about the Bengals a lot, as as we should have during their playoff run last season. And the big point that we kept bringing up, Ziggy, I know you kept picking them, but Jack and I, we said a lot. The problem with them was they had no experience. That they were kind of just. It was it was the problem, and also part of the. I, I think part of the. Um, 
their run was that they were just kind of going out there and playing games and not realizing how big the moment was or how precious it might be a better word the moment was um but it helps now coming into this season the Bengals are not just uh, like a kid anymore they're they're grown-ass men going out there trying to win the Super Bowl I think that it applies to every every single quarterback or every player you, you need those big moments and uh Steelers will have they'll have their fair share Kenny Pickett if they keep pl- playing the way they did to close out this season, they'll Pickett's have some chances. Pickett's good. I, I'm not fully bought in yet. No, but he's good. You should buy in. He's I do think that Mike Tomlin, what he's done with the Steelers over the past 15 years, whatever it's been, is uh, pretty remarkable. No losing seasons. That's wow. pretty crazy. No, Jack, do you know how many teams would sign up? Think about the oh, Browns. Yeah. No, think about the Jaguars. Think about the Texans. The, the Bills before Josh Allen. I mean, no losing seasons for... To what is it, is it? Fourteen years? Thirteen years? I don't know the exact amount. Somewhere on there, yeah. I think it's still. I think it's fifteen. And some right? and some Steelers fans wanted him fired. Yeah, that's outrageous yeah. to me. Yeah. I've always been a big Tomlin fan. All right, I want to shout uh, out Brookside basketball too. Two and one got our uh, second dub today. Yeah, congrats to uh, to Jack's team. Hopefully, Andrew keeps winning, and uh, we will see you with our playoff preview. Lots of fun stuff coming up. Some big, big football games and. Uh, Team in Minneapolis is trying to have a dream come true. I love the Vikings minus three. (laughs) We'll see you for the playoff preview. Thanks, Ziggy. Thanks, Zach. Jack, for Paul Farrington. We'll see you next time.